This episode of Ignite Minds is sponsored by Dragonfly Toys, play experiences that are beautiful, enchanting, strong and safe, environmentally friendly and fairly traded. Organisational Learning Australia. Learn to educate. Enrol in our nationally recognised Certificate 3 and Diploma of Early Childhood Education and Care and Ignite Minds. We teach play-based early learning from within our nourishing homes under the Family Daycare umbrella. Well, it's Friday afternoon and what a week it's been both uh, here in Melbourne, Victoria, Australia and the world. It's changing at a rapid rate and of course uh, everyone's affected but none more than um, our little preschool children who are, you know, are feeling just as confused as us through this time and it's, I'm delighted to welcome today three guests Uj, Jake and Carol, who are experts in this field. Um, Uj, I'll let you lead the discussion. Look, um, thank you for being here. I just wanted to um, shift some of or invite you into some of the conversations that we're having. Uh, last week, we we're obviously all panicking and we've implemented our social distancing and now we're all working for home. And we're thinking, how do we continue to provide education leadership and education support uh, to our families and to our educators? Um, I just wanted to invite uh, Carol and Jake to both um, bring their perspective um, and help us uh, think about some of the changes that we can make and, and um, how we continue to provide high quality care uh, given uh, the changes that we're all experiencing. Carol, um, can you tell us a little bit about what, what you're doing at the moment? Well, I'm setting up uh, with an incredibly steep learning curve how to put everything online in everything I do and um, working with educators in early childhood and parents. Um, it's, I'm very uh, excited about, even though it feels like we're at a distance, we're actually able to get very close using um, the media available to us. So. I'm looking at uh, continuing, I've just started it, but doing videos of activities that you can do with children, stories you can tell, ways of working with materials that get the children in touch with their world again. Uh, I think uh, one of the most important things, of course, is as adults, we need to prepare ourselves uh, to be calm. And I think that Jake will talk a, a bit about that. But it's so important that whatever comes from us comes out of a sphere of uh, calmness and joy and also gratitude for whatever we have. So even though many things have closed for us, they're actually new openings and new possibilities. And maybe you haven't been a storyteller yet, but now's the time to start honing your skills and becoming the storyteller from simple, simple nature-based uh, objects and things like that, which is what I will be showing on the videos that I do. Yes, um, it's been a tough week for me personally as a family daycare educator in the home. Uh, we have uh, school children with us as well. So each day I've got four preschool children and uh, two school-aged children in, in the house and my own family. And uh, with all the anxiety and, and worry and panic that's in, in the media and, and with the adults, um, I felt it's my role and duty to, to keep that anxiety and panic out the door um, so that my house can be a sanctuary of, of cleanliness and of calm 
uh, for the children who who are most they they're aware of uh, the parents worry but they're still very present and so and that's what I love about the children is that they're making me present and they're keeping me calm during this um, crisis and uh, and my role is to uh, maintain that space for, for the children to live love and and play not bring that anxiety and panic into the into the daily routine and I've found that um, by really working hard on my well-being so I've been doing a lot of, of breath work and uh, everyone might know about uh, taking three deep breaths to get through the day well I've been it's like a constant round of three breaths at the moment sometimes anyway and just doing that breathing really brings me back to the present after perhaps looking at the news feed and and getting worked up but trying to keep the news feed out trying to breathe more and stay present with the children and um, I think that it's beneficial um, that we're uh, showing children and pa parents and families how to stay connected during this time because it's also going to keep us keep us grounded and um, that's what I really love about the children they keep me really grounded one of the boys this week uh, amongst all the adult conversation he said Jake are you, uh, are you afraid of T-Rexes? And, and I had to think about it for a minute. It really, it really closed off the, um, the feed, the panic feed. And I had to think, oh, am I afraid of a T-Rex? I guess, yeah, I am. And it just changed the narrative really well. Another thing that was really beautiful this week is I've got a book by Thich Nhat Hanh, the, the Buddhist monk, called Each Breath a Smile. And it's, it's like a mindfulness book. And um, as you read it, you take a deep breath, feel your belly going in and out, and then... By the end, you're looking around and, and you feel more present. You know, you look at the, the blade of the grass is so green and the blue sky is so blue. And all these things are still there and available for us to bring us into the present moment. And um, I think that's the beautiful thing about children is, is that they hold that calm and that peace within them. And it's our role as um, adults and educators and parents to protect, protect the calm. For the children. Uh, Jake, I, I really um, appreciate your perspective and uh, your desire to protect children and to protect the calm and linking that to your own personal uh, sense of calm. Uh, you mentioned just now that um, you've been practicing the three breaths. Can you just tell us a little bit more about that and, and how to do that and what that means for you? Yes, absolutely. So actually I've been practicing the Wim Hof method, which is uh, is a bit more involved. It's, it's about taking uh, deep breaths quite quickly and you take up to 30 deep breaths and then there's a bit of breath retention. It's, it's not an advanced technique or anything, it's just it's fairly simple but uh, it really opens up the space and you work your diaphragm and you can, as you breathe and you, you go into a cycle of breathing, you can really feel the anxiety and stress leaving your body and then when you finish the 30 rounds of deep breathing, so deep breathing in through your, through your uh, diaphragm and your chest and in, even into your head, there's a little bit of space in your skull for some breath. And then letting it out and then doing that 30 times, you really feel that you're pushing some of that anxiety out and bringing um, fresh uh, oxygen in. And so you can really feel the change in your body. Um, I do that at night time to prepare for, for bed so that my mind is clear of worry and anxiety or, and the news feed is, is cleared out of my system before going to sleep, which is, which is really important. Uh, I mean, I know a lot of 
parents that are up at night trying to uh, work out MyGov and Centrelink and looking for jobs and keeping up with the news feed and staying in touch with people from overseas. But but we really need our sleep. We need you know we need to get that sleep. We need to regenerate and rejuvenate because um, if if we don't, as parents and educators and and families, then we'll we'll start the next day off uh, holding on to that stress. We wouldn't have time to to decycle it. And then during the day, um, often parents might uh, text me or um, I might get an email or or there'd be something in the news which which makes me worried. You know, another another cabinet meeting, and uh, and I can feel it coming on. You know, I can feel it usually in my neck and and my shoulders, and uh, my, my the tension in my face builds up, and then I know it's time to take three deep breaths. So usually I breathe in through the nose deep into the diaphragm and way up into the chest and in, even into the skull. And then when I'm letting it out, I breathe out through my mouth and I feel the, that anxiety going out. And I do that three times and it's really important to do that. Often when I, when I do that, I then look at the children and it's so calming and peaceful and reassuring that this, you know, the, the children are still playing, they're getting along, they're, they're connected. It was it was me as the adult who was getting caught up in the stress, and and when I look at the children, that brings me to calm and, and presence too, and it helps me get through the rest of the day. Because what I'm finding also is if if I don't do this practice, then I and I start the morning off reading the news uh, feed, then I'll bring in I'll, I'll bring in the day my stress and any little thing which happens, which is still going to happen in in this time of crisis. Uh, children will have tantrums. Children uh, will not want the food that you give them, you know, they'll, they'll still protest about getting their socks on. They're still going to um, have a meltdown over over putting a hat on or sun cream or whatever it is. And it, when that happens, if you're already stressed, then it just really it tips you over and and becomes um, you become unbalanced. And that's what we want to try and avoid as parents and educators, because the children are, are feeling it too. And there's been a lot of talk about children at this time. We will see. Uh, developmental regression so what we thought was fine before they're going back to it maybe it's toileting they're going backwards or sleep they're regressing regressing in um, and and maybe all, our older children are starting to have tantrums again or maybe you're having sleep issues these things are going to come up because of a collective anxiety and the collective stress that's out there so we really need to be more compassionate and more patient and we can only do that by being well rested and um, and by breathing Jack's beautiful description just made me think of what are the key things that help children breathe and come into calmness, as well as obviously the most important example of the adults around them. And there are a couple of things. The one thing is singing. Singing helps you naturally and organically breathe in a good way. So singing is a wonderful thing and it's very clean and hygienic to sing and so I think singing songs um, the more you do that the more regularly the better they feel I think movement and dancing similar thing having music and possibly even having little percussion instruments and dancing with a rhythm and a beat that is constant it's a bit like the heartbeat it's very basic and stable and within that, we can do little melodies and use shakers and cymbals and sticks and make your own shakers. So the rhythm of that is really important. And then the third main thing is touch. 
we all became very anxious about what we touch. And if you think about that as one of the most important ways we connect with each other, how to engage the children in touching the world of nature around them or substances like clay or grass or hessian or textile to be touching and making things and learning from these materials uh, to hear their voices, to have games about what is this piece of clay telling me? What's it saying to me? What do my fingers say back to the clay? So I think touch is really important, engaging with touch through materials, singing and dancing, and then overall a rhythm to the day. So if the children can feel the stability that every day we start off with a little walk, uh, at this time and then we come back and we have a snack and then we do a story circle and so the the good practice of early childhood uh, centers can come into the home as well and the rhythm and the expected and anticipated happenings with special moments free moments concentrated moments I think will help to a great effect um, their ability to move through this process remaining healthy. I really appreciate what you both have to say. And I think, you know, looking after yourself as an educator is never been more important. And whether it's breathing or whether it's singing or uh, taking time to do some art or craft or paint. You know, one thing I've been doing every night with my daughter is painting. And I found it's actually the only way I've been able to sleep. The first week of the crisis, I was getting one or two hours a night, and now I'm getting nearly seven or eight hours, which is great considering the intense workload, which is piled up. And um, just to be able to find that way to unwind with my daughter is amazing. Yes, one of the other things is uh, one of the practices with breathing that I do is also to have the picture of what am I breathing in and what am I breathing out. And I did it this morning, actually, with a little dance group of mine in the park where we breathed in gratitude for everything. I mean, for Mother Nature. And we breathed out love, love for all beings and all things around us. And that seems to also even change the quality of your breathing, that breathing in is very different to breathing out. And what can we, what quality or picture or vision can we attach to that? I think is is really helpful. Um, I think that stories, uh, this beautiful story by Susan Perrow about the gnome who had to stay at home. And um, there's no reason in the story about why he has to stay at home, but he has to. And a little rhyme that keeps going through the story is, um, things are not as they used to be, but trust me, soon you will be free. So that's lovely to have those little sayings repeated through a story a few times. And then also for him to realize that when he was stuck in his cave and he couldn't leave for a while, what he noticed now, so what were the new things that were happening? What was actually getting better? What was getting exciting now that he was still? What are the new opportunities? So to start doing those kind of things with children. Oh, what can we do now that we couldn't do before? Yeah, and to spend more family time is an incredible gift. If it's not to become stressful, 
um, parents really need to say, well, I really wanted to connect with my children more. I've been rushing around. I just see them when I pick them up from school or whatever. Same with dads. Now there's time for the family to do things together that are meaningful. So what an amazing opportunity as well, even though I know that in the background there's all the concern for next steps in survival and managing our lives. And I, I agree with Jake, children really ground you. And when you see their joy, it's just such a relief to experience the world through their eyes, which doesn't have the kind of anxiety we have, who we who know too much. Thanks, Carol. Um, I just, I'm aware that there's a lot of um, parents and educators who are also concerned about what uh, children might be thinking or might be questioning at the moment. And I'd love just to ask you a really simple question because I think that uh, what you're saying is absolutely true. The children are grounding and they perceive things in a way that can provide us moments of clarity and we don't have to um, overthink it too much. But um, how would you, Carol, how would you think about mm. um, approaching a child and getting them just to speak what's on their mind and to feel com confident and comfortable with, with the world as it, as it has changed? Um, well, I, depending on the age of the child, I often think that um, if we rationalise too much with young children, it's a bit of a, an issue for them. So it's often very useful to use puppets or stories to talk about, you know, and say, wow, what do you, how do you think he's feeling right now? You know, maybe if we looked at the little gnome or whatever, how do you think he's feeling? And to actually talk about these things as if they're happening out there, but the child will totally relate their own experience and you would be able to work it through with them, you know, say, yeah, I'm sure you're right. He's feeling really sad and probably wants to really bang on the ground and bang on his cave roof. Well, how can we help him? What could we do? Can we send him a little message uh, about what he could do to feel better? You know, so I would do something like that, use my imagination with them because they are so willing and ready to explore that and then take it into all kinds of activities like drawing, should we send a sign, what sign do you think he needs um, to help him on his way and he's not really alone because we know about him, how could we help him know that? And just through working through these things with a child, I think um, a lot of kind of healing in that process would happen because they're able to express themselves um, freely. Often when you ask a child how they're feeling, they're not quite sure how to answer that because they don't, they're not in touch with their feelings as separate things. They just are all feeling. And, um, and they might make up stuff to keep us happy or make up stuff to get our attention. So I would take it away from actually confronting them with a question and let's together look at how do you think this little mouse or whatever it is, is going to manage now that he can't move? And what, what can, how can we help him? And how do you think, yeah, what's going to be really troubling him? How could we help him? What, what you're saying, Carol, is so true about just enabling that space for children to express themselves freely and to not uh, have to answer questions or perform in a way that feeds back into our own anxiety about whether or not they're worried and what they're processing about. And um, yeah, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I also see 
there's so many strategies that we can put in place to help children connect. Um, if they're old enough to FaceTime, they need to still be in touch with their school friends and they need to be reaching out and they need to, to still feel connected even if they can't um, have physical contact during this time. I was just wondering whether you can contribute your thoughts on this, Jake. So this week has been interesting. You know, I think the children being together is uh, what I feel really works in our environment. So um, the older children have, I've overheard them talking together about the issue. And um, for example, our neighbors came round to play in the front yard and and my oldest daughter said, oh, you, you can't come inside at the moment. And, and the other child said, oh yeah, the parents are being very protective at the moment. You know, <laughs> there's this issue going on and I, yeah, they don't want us to get sick. And I overheard it. I wasn't uh, eavesdropping. I was just walking by. And um, but you know, th at that age, uh, seven and six, they can talk to each other, and I think that's really beneficial. And then for the other children, pl playing together, it has been. I've noticed that's been really effective. So th the children have been playing um, a lot of hospitals and and sick baby games. They're just getting teddies and um, setting up a little hospital. Um, wrapping them up in blankets and um, someone be the doctor and I, I overheard one of the children say, no I don't want to be the doctor you know <laughs> as if it's, if it's too much uh, too much pressure which I'm sure it would be at the moment um, but yeah they decide who's going to do what and um, there were you know a lot of sick children in the house as in playing the game and uh, through that play which Actually, in, in my environment, the, the, that free play is really important and, and counts for about or at least 70 to 80 percent of the day. My job is to provide the environment in which that free play can, can flourish so that I'm not, like you said, Carol, I'm not um, intervening or it's not an intervention. I'm not asking how they're feeling right now and not being too in their face. It's just providing the opportunities for them to express themselves. And most of the time, that's through play especially together with uh, usually with uh, other children of the same age and then at, at other times uh, when the play is sort of dying down or needs a bit of a boost then I'll bring in some craft or activity or all the songs and that's um, coming back to what you were saying with the rhythm of the day the rhythm of the day can flow like that so that you, you can think of it like 45 minute cycles there will usually be 45 minutes of free play and then which is enough to get to decide on a game find objects for the game um, really get into the game and then for the game to sort of wind down a little bit and and that's when you might hear some arguing and that's when I would jump in and um, and uh, do morning tea or or, or wash our hands and do morning tea or do a, a morning circle or that's when we would go to the park and our day f basically flows like that so 45 minutes of play a little a little break usually morning tea and then a, a bit more play 45 minutes of play and then morning circle 45 minutes of play and then we go for a quick walk to the park and then 45 minutes of play and um, come home for lunch and then we've got the, the sleep break and then in the afternoon is, is more of an extended play. We can usually link two play cycles together, if, if you like to call it that. So you can usually get to an hour and a half of solid play in the afternoon by throwing in a little bit of craft. So maybe there's a bit of drawing in between as well, which is which the children will decide is related to the game they're playing. You know, the, 
maybe they're doing some drawing and it becomes letters to go in the post box and um, or, or it becomes money to be spent at the shop, that, that sort of thing. Keeping that rhythm of the day and allowing for lots of time for free play because it's through that free play that the children will process together what's, what's going on around them. This episode of Ignite Minds is sponsored by Dragonfly Toys. Play experiences that are beautiful, enchanting, strong and safe, environmentally friendly and fairly traded. Organisational Learning Australia. Learn to educate. Enrol in our nationally recognised Certificate 3 and Diploma of Early Childhood Education and Care. And Ignite Minds. We teach play-based early learning from within our nourishing homes under the Family Daycare umbrella. 